Stay locked in and fully loaded. Bashani Radio and Verke Radio. They said we couldn't do it, but we global now, worldwide. Boom! In your face. Brooklyn, Queens, the Bronx, Staten, and Manhattan. You are listening to BashaniRadio.com. New York City, always talking about everything. Everything. Dark night, a six foot two inch hoodie wearing stranger 
is in the in the immediate housing complex, how would the ladies of that jury have reacted? I submit mm -hmm. that if they were armed, they would have shot and killed Trayvon Martin a lot sooner than George Zimmerman did. Wow. This is self-defense. Only white life is protected in America. Every black life is rejected to their barrier. A thousand blacks killed is suspected, the more the merrier. One white child gets murdered, this mass hysteria. Two white kids killed, that's way beyond the limits. Three white kids killed, now that's a damn epidemic. The president on TV crying and looking toe up. 500 blacks die, we don't even expect them to show up. You know what, if you know us was sad but some true too as we probably hate black people more than you do racists taught the basis of hatred was our faces we take gated and spread attempting to erase it blood on the pavement no saving no statements no detainments no arraignment no ability to change it in death we become famous our portraits are painted with no galleries to hang them so t-shirts are created but after three washes those images get faded now we need a new plaintiff whose death was so fragrant to become our new favorite and distract from the fact we in the Galley of a slave ship getting beat by the same whip No matter how you frame it Nigga, it's such a powerful word in any language Now let me explain it Cause everybody's saying it That's helped to make us aimless Living with anguish and black death painless So, nigga with an A on the end Well, I think I can now Isn't that the point? Cause it's not racist James Fruit, hang in from the poppin' street, from the poppin' street. Internalized hatred, once murdered, we lie naked, then evolve in the unsolved cases. We revolve in the steel wall cages and language until anxious, then released into the matrix as unqualified vagrants. Sidewalks stained with what remains of the nameless, forever tainted by the veins which sprayed it until they fainted. There's nothing more dangerous than the life of a young black male. The scales weighted on murders premeditated. Imagine a fourth grade kid taking the test, and on the outcome they base an arrest. Young man, can you outrun the face of the death? Race with a tech, they tighten up the rope till it's breaking your neck. We got so many Trayvons, we need God to give us a group on. One day after the verdict, we still getting our shoot on. Rappers still promoting black death, getting they loot on. Corporations got them enslaved just in a new form. A black woman holding a black boy, a newborn. Who's gonna look him dead in his eye and tell him his shoes wrong? Oh, still, little man in America, put this noose on and hang you from the highest tree branch, another youth gone. River of blood that washes the streets of our nation flows mostly from the bodies of our black children. Strange fruit hanging from the poppin' tree, from the poppin' tree.
Peace, great mind. Hey, Peace, what's going on? Everything good. Won't you introduce yourself for the people? You live and direct. It's bigger than hip hop. I see justice by MP Radio. Let's go. Hey, what's up, y'all? It's Paradise, the architect of X-Clan, Black, White, Zulu Nation. What it do? One hood. Yeah, one hood. Man, how you doing this great Saturday, OG? I'm better now. They're trying to link up with my people all the time, you know what I mean? That's what I'm talking about. Yeah, this, this right here been buzzing for a minute. Um, You know, the past week. I see you traveling. Um, tell us a little bit about your travels. What's going on right now for One Hood and yourself? Oh man, you know, just sitting next to now, we just hit the road like crazy this month. You know what I'm saying? Uh, we we hit uh, Detroit, we hit Kentucky, DC, New Jersey, New York, back to Pittsburgh. You know what I'm saying? And uh, just came back. Uh, Last night from uh, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, you know, vibing with the good young people out there that's out there, um, fast food workers, they're hardworking people, you know, they have a full-time job, and the minimum wage is not enough for them to pay their bills and raise their families. So we're working on trying to get fast food and service workers an opportunity to unionize and to make $15 an hour. Oh, that's what I'm talking about. Out, out yeah. there putting in real work. Yeah, with the real people that's out there, you know, striving hard, you know. The, the picture that they paint of young black people, you know, is that they don't care and they're lazy and they're not doing nothing, but that's not the reality of what we've been seeing out there for the last five years. We see young black people out there, like my man Camille Coleman, out there in Milwaukee, Occupy the Hood, you know what I'm saying, doing that hard work. You know, it's a lot of people out there really putting it down for immigration issues. You know, immigration issues is a black issue, too. You know, people get it twisted. They think when you say immigration that you're only talking about our brown brothers and sisters. But the immigration issue affects Africans and African people from the diaspora, such as Haiti, and such as South America and the islands, they find it very difficult to immigrate to the to the states. So the fight for immigration is bigger than what you know the media let on to let people see. Indeed, indeed. Now, people that don't understand or never heard or maybe been living under a rock for the past couple decades, can you please tell us exactly what your organization, One Hood, Black Watch Movement, X-Clan, what are those particular groups about, sir? Okay, well, the, the first movement I was a part of was uh, when they was considering any black movement a gang, and I guess they uh, our movement was a gang. It was called the Black Stage, and that was in the South Bronx. You know, I lived in the Bronxdale Project, the same building with Disco King Mario, the DJ, the DJ that mentored Africa Bambada. And, you know, back then, you know, the gangs were different. There was still criminal activity, but it wasn't about murdering each other in the streets and slaughtering each other, you know. If we had beef, you dealt with each other in a manly manner. You know, you went hand-to-hand or you agreed on it. You know, you wasn't just rolling up in people's heads, blasting away and killing innocent people. But uh, Africa Bambada, 
you know, he got knowledge itself, and he transformed our gang from the Black Spades to the mighty Zulu Nation. And the Zulu Nation was a, uh, a organ- their organization that put the elements of hip-hop together and called it a hip-hop culture. You know, and this year we're celebrating the 40th anniversary of the Zulu Nation and the 39th anniversary of hip-hop. You know, they're bringing peace, love, unity, and having fun and opportunities to our community. You know, that's what that was about. And uh, as you said, the Black Rock Movement, the Black Rock Movement was an organization that was founded by uh, Professor X, the overseer, who just so happened to be the son of the black activist Sonny Carson in Brooklyn. For those of you who don't know Sonny Carson, y'all can go Google that and uh, check out the movie The Education of Sonny Carson. That was our elder in the Black Watch movement, who happened to be Professor X's father. Um, from the Black Watch movement spawned the X-Clan, ISIS, YZ, and, uh, you know, a bunch of other conscious rappers from that uh, time. That was back in, like, 1988, 89, when... Uh, Consciousness really took over hip-hop with KLS-One and Public Enemy and X-Clan and the Poor Righteous Teacher, the Native Tongues. That was the time that's now called the golden era of hip-hop. And what made that era so golden was the freedom of artists to express themselves and be themselves without sounding alike, being alike, or being typecast into one guerrilla thug gangster image. You know, so here we go. We come back around full circle, and now we got the One Hood movement, you know, spearheaded by the artist Jasui X as the main messenger. But uh, we definitely looking to expand the movement and expand the message and the music because a movement needs more voices. And right now, there's a lot of movement going on. You got the dreamers out there. You got the dream defenders out there, you know, uh, young people were reactivated by the Gina Six and by the Occupy movement. So I think that uh, the tables are turning, and uh, now's the time for consciousness to raise up. And last time we were the man, we need to stand firm and be the lion and bring forth real change. Indeed. Indeed. And that's my story, uh, and I'm sticking to it. <laughs> <laughs> I know that's right. Now, definitely, I definitely want to touch the fact about gangs. You know, in hip-hop, definitely the gangs is not going nowhere. Now, there's different views on gangs. Now, for what I understand, the original, you know, creation and views on different gangs pretty much vary and been altered, you know, today. Now, oh, absolutely. can you... Can you share a little bit, like you was expanding on, what did some of the original elements were in hip-hop, um, what did gangs like, or I call them, I like to call them street tribes. I don't even call them gangs, you know what I mean? It's it's, it's mm-hmm. organization. It's being organized, coming together for one common cause. Now, what, what certain other things did the Black Spades and the Almighty Zulu Nation bring to the um, culture? Well, um, it brought, like, a lot of the DJs was really, you know, you had to have a crew to DJ. Hip-hop, you 
know, this hop is a very violent and illegal thing, even from the beginning. You know what I'm saying? If you was a punk and you brought your music out and you had big speakers and all these records and turntables and you didn't have no crew, you didn't have no reputation, and somebody's going to take it from you. You know, we was poor. You know, people was poor in the Bronx back then. You know, they would cast the rob you back then for the sneakers off your feet. And they would take your coat and stuff like that, you know? So, um, you know, when we uh, plugged our equipment in, that was theft of services. We had to break open the utility poles and rewire it. It wasn't made so you could just plug your equipment in. We had to have somebody that was an electrician that um that was on the street and you know who, who knew how to cut them wires and put them back together without electrocuting themselves. You know, and uh, break dancing. I mean, even now to this day, do you know if you try to go out in the street and break dance for money like we used to do back in the day? The, the police will come and, like, you know, uh, arrest you for performing without a permit on the street or something, you know? And it, mm. we we had the same issues back then. It wasn't that, you know, they didn't do those things to us. They did. Like they just said uh, the police just tased a young graffiti writer to death in Florida for writing an abandoned building, you know? So, you know, hip-hop was always an edgy, violent, dangerous thing to do, you know what I mean? And you said the wrong thing about the wrong person, back in the day, you might have got a fist in the mouth or something, you know? So, <laughs> you know? But uh, what the Zulu Nation brought to the hip-hop culture was it created safe environments for people to practice hip-hop in, you know? And it, it passed into the ghetto past. Now you can go to any hub, anybody have a problem with you, you let them know use with the Zulu Nation, and it wasn't no problem no more. You know what I'm saying? So right. the, the force of the gang and the, the force of the unity and the power of the Zulu Nation was a unifying force because it led with a, 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 a healthy amount of fear in it also. Hmm. Hmm. Now, when hip-hop was... Molding and forming. What well, what is hip hop's original mission and objectives? Well, uh, as as told by Africa Bambada, it was peace, love, unity, and having fun. You know what I'm saying? And mm-hmm. and and that's what we meant. You know what I'm saying? Uh, you know, we brought a, a a real interesting situation. You know, hip hop saved my life from those streets. You know, because before then. You wanted a reputation in the streets, you had to be a tough guy. You know what I'm saying? And then once hip hop really took over, you know, you didn't have to act all tough anymore. You didn't have to fight no more. Now there were so many other things that people could recognize you for. You know, pat you on your back. That's him right there. That's him. You know, make you feel good about yourself and raise your self esteem. You know, especially for a young, dark skinned man like me. There wasn't, like, the only thing that looked like me on TV was, like, the Cosby kids and good times. Mm. You know, it looked like they was having a good time with me. <laughs> 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 like, you know? But, you know, finally hip-hop gave us new heroes, people that we can relate to that look like us, that walk like us, that talk like us, that dress like us. All of a sudden, we didn't have to idolize you know, what we saw in the, in the magazines and the newspapers and, you know, all of that didn't mean nothing to us. Now we had our own superheroes, Grandmaster Flash, Grand Wizard Theodore, Grand Mixer DXT, 
Crew DJ Hurt, Africa Bombard and the Soul Sonic Force, Grandmaster Flash and the Furious Five, you know, and they became our heroes. You know what I'm saying? And they became, and they were, that they were like these big, blown out superstars that you could never touch. They were right there and they were accessible. And they also gave you room to participate. Hip hop was a participatory activity, not something that you sat on the sidelines and watched people on this big stage do, but you don't have no access. And that's what they turned it into, you know, that of the, you know, white entertainment and how it was, like, you knew you couldn't go hang out with you know what I'm saying? But you could definitely uh, grab a DJ Jazzy J or let alone have a real conversation like a real person with him. Jeez. Now, the founding fathers mm-hmm. have been arguing over who started hip-hop for years, it seems, as others have borrowed it, manipulated the culture, some even made millions and billions of dollars as if they built, you know, like when is absolutely, um, you know, and so is there going to come a time where you know some of the founding fathers, some of the pioneers, the legends, going to come together and and improve the quality of life for them, you know, for the families, for the generations to come with hip hop, you know, well, anybody demanding that. You know. Always, I mean, if the Zulu Nation has an anniversary every year, they've been counting down the history of hip hop and celebrating the anniversary of hip hop and the Zulu Nation since then. You know, other people, nobody else can show me a flyer where they celebrated the, the birthday of hip hop, but I can show you a flyer for every year that the Zulu Nation has done it. And if you look at the flyers, they've been extremely uh, participatory. Not, you know, mentioning uh, not only Africa Band Bottle, but Cool Hurt and Grandmaster Flash, too. And also celebrating James Brown, Sly and the Family Stone, and Gucci Collins. And James, you know, those are the those are the founders, the founders of hip-hop. You know, the sound of hip-hop, every element of hip-hop existed years before hip-hop existed. Some hundreds of years, some thousands of years, and some just a few decades. But rapping was not started by hip-hop, you know. If you look on YouTube, you'll see rappers from the 1940s from the South who were gospel groups, rap groups, who rap with almost the exact that people rap with nowadays. Just go to Google and type in rapping 1940s gospel, and you'll be surprised. You know, Indeed. same thing goes for Dick Manson, coming from martial arts and capoeira. Same thing goes for graffiti. Cavemen wrote on walls, and as did the Egyptians, the Aztecs, the Incas, and many other civilizations. You know what I'm saying? So, and you know, new under the sun. But the Zulu Nation in Africa, Bambada, were the ones who put them together into elements and said, this is hip-hop culture. And, you know... No matter who was a DJ before then, or who was a rapper before then, a break dancer or a graffiti artist, it you know it wasn't until the Zulu Nation put all the elements together to create a culture and a way of life. So you know nobody can argue that. Indeed. Now when we deal with the original elements, what were they, and how is that process selected? 
Well, um, basically, it was the things that we did in our everyday lives. That's what young people in the Bronx did. We, we danced, we rapped, we DJed, we wrote graffiti, you know, and the fifth element of knowledge and culture, you know. It's just who we are, you know, who we always were. You know, rapping came from the African griots, you know, originally. And, you know, we took Muhammad, you know, as well as those gospel groups from the 40s that I told you about. But we did toasting in Jamaica. You know, we did the chatting. You know, every indigenous African peoples, you know, the the drum was an important thing. You know, it wasn't just for entertainment. You know, we danced because we celebrated the harvest, and we danced to chase evil spirits off our food. And we danced because we praised God with our voices and our movements. Come on. That's who we are. Hmm. Now, hip-hop today, um, people that come out of the Temple of Hip-Hop, some members of the Zulu Nation says, you know, certain acronyms like hip-hop, higher, infinite power, healing our people. Um, do you ever feel like that time is coming soon when you gauge, like, current events, what's going on in the world today, people looking for answers. Do you feel that golden era coming back? Do you feel that true hop, that God hop, that energy coming back to that positive energy and focusing on the real? When hip-hop is bringing uh, solutions and elevation. How old are you, sir? Oh, myself? I'm, oh, no, I'm born in 72. Last day of the year is 72. Okay, well, I mean, this is 2013, and I'm on the radio with you. I'm talking to you. I haven't made an album since 1992. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? You know, I'm working with the new now. You know what I'm saying? You know, we, we just dropped, uh, uh, you know, some hot stuff, too. But, you know, I don't, I don't produce Jusuri. You know what I'm saying? I haven't produced an album since the golden era of hip-hop, but yet, um, you find it important enough to have a conversation with me today, so I guess that answers the question. You know, what I have to say is not new. I've been saying the same thing since the 80s. <laughs> and I learn what I know. You know what I'm saying? I, I give up the, the blessings, and, you know, I stand on the shoulder of the giants, Sonny Carson and G2YC and Lumumba, Professor X Carson, and, you know what I'm saying, and all of the great, Men and women in the struggle who come before me, you know, nothing that I'm saying is new. It's all the same thing. We still live in America with the three Ks. We still dying in the streets where we got extra elements that we didn't have before, like our young people killing each other. So we caught between a rock and a hard place at war with the cops and the robbers. And we can't even tell who's who, and they're all pointing guns and shooting slugs at us. But we got to wake up. We got to wake up. We have no choice. Our children and our babies are dying in the street. You know, it's not just Trayvon. It's Rayvon and Dushan and Deron too. You know, every day it's a new name. Kamani Gray, Oscar Grant, Sean Bell. You know what I'm saying? And all the thousands of nameless victims of violence in the streets. You know, we got to change this. And ain't nobody going to come swinging in on a vine to save us in the hood like Tarzan. We are the ones we've been waiting for. We got to get up, get involved, and get out and get it. Don't wait for 
ourselves to be a victim. Why are you going to wait till you get your head bust by the cops to get involved? Don't wait for you to get a gun in your mouth by the, by the dude down the street to get involved. Don't wait for it to be your mother, your brother, or your sister, or your child to be the next one brutally murdered senselessly for you to get up off that couch and get involved. We ain't got time for that. Indeed. So, yes, to answer your question in one word, yes. It is that time again. We better be golden. We got no Indeed. choice but to be golden. You know, everybody wants us to live down to some grimy, ghetto, street, you know, twerker instead of a worker. You know what I'm saying? They want us to be a scum of the earth instead of the princes, the kings, and glorious queens that we are. And I say no. I say let's live up to our princely and our kingly potential, not live down to be some kind of thug or some kind of goon. A goon is what? Are you kidding me? A goon goon comes a dime. You get 24 goons for a dime. You know what I'm saying? They're expendable. You know, goons are expendable. They're brainless brutes that just live out their life because of a physical presence when our mental and spiritual presence is so much greater. Indeed. Indeed. Now, today, as we know, you know, as everything else, a lot of things in the system is big corporate, big business. Um, and so that always compromised music, compromised lyrics, um, compromised different actions that go on in the street. They even formulated the hip-hop police um, in our communities. They had the war on drugs, things of that nature. Now, as you can see, um, incarceration rates has escalated, and there's a lot of political prisoners held hostage behind the gates. Um can you speak about the talk that's going on now about the prison industrial complex and um, things we need to do to help curve that? Oh, well, absolutely. A lot of people right here now, they're talking about boycotting Juicy J. People talking about boycotting Florida. We were talking about boycotting, you know, the fast food restaurants. But one thing I think we should really seriously consider boycotting is prison, you know? That's what we should really consider boycotting. It's, it's the whole the whole game is a whole long play. You know why the prison industrial system is blowing up? Because America no longer needs the labor of black men, not uh, to pay you a fair wage or a living wage, and they definitely don't want to give you health care. If you look at what's going on with the whole Obamacare thing right now, that's quite obvious. You know, but the real thing about that whole thing is that. Slavery is how they got there. That's how they got money. All the corporations you speak of, if you trace the corporate money back in the day, America got rich off of cotton, tobacco, you know what I'm saying, and the products that slaves uh, manufactured. Now, so when it, uh, when America's capitalist society went off of farming as the number one agricultural thing, you know, no more, you know, the cotton and all that. That's not the biggest thing in the world. Then it was the Industrial Revolution. And you had the steel mills and the coal mines, and they still needed that hardcore physical labor from us then, too. We were the unemployed then. They wasn't calling us lazy, then slavery, was they? 
He wasn't calling us lazy during that industrial revolution. But then once they flipped the script again and everything got computerized and digital and scientific and, you know, that's when things change. So America no longer needs our labor in that way. They moved that labor overseas. You know what I'm saying? They, 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 they use factories in China and Indonesia and India and stuff like that to get that low-cost labor. So that left us here in America with no purpose. So they found a way that they can um, actually uh, give jobs to poor white people in the rural community and use us to do it. And that's to, to build the prison industrial complex, you know what I'm saying? That's only thing is to house new slaves. The 13th Amendment of the Constitution says that no man nor woman shall be held without their own will or forced to work without pay unless they have been convicted of a crime. So if you look at down south and, you know, you notice that the prison industrial system and the whole police system, the militarized police, coincide with the ending of the Civil War because that whole industry was created to house us and to keep us slaves in the South. And that, that same foolishness has spread north. That's what the whole problem is with that, period. So we're looking into the, this dismantling the prison industrial complex, the school-to-jail pipeline, and stopping juvenile incarceration also. So I know that was kind of long, but that's what it is. No, that's real. We're not dealing with the time. We're dealing with the truth and reality. And the people need that. You know, um, a lot of media focus on the problems and issues and never the solutions. And we like to bring the realness and always clarity. Mm. We get a chance to sit down with someone like yourself who is a gatekeeper of the truth, a pioneer of the real hip-hop. More, we 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 definitely embrace that on all seven continents for sure. Um, now you and I, we might see clearly how the prison system and this prison industrial complex is definitely the modern day slavery. It is no secret. I've been a victim of that before. I've been taken hostage before. Let out a few days later to say, oh, sorry, uh, Prince came back, wasn't you. Happened on more than one occasion, I might add. And I asked him, uh, what about my job? What I'm going to do about that? Oh, uh, to figure it out. Sorry, uh, really. So, you know, I see the type of things that go on there. Also, you know, when you inside and behind them walls, you property of the state, they do what they want. And a lot of people would fall a victim to the poisons they shoot in you. You know, they come in there, they shoot chemicals and people, call them this type of shot, and they come to find out that's not what it is. Um, can you speak about some of the programs that One Hood got that activates the youth and help give them certain wisdom and tools to, you know, get, a, get through um, trials and tribulations of everyday life? Oh, absolutely. Uh, we have uh, Jasui X and I founded the One Hood Media Academy here in Pittsburgh. As a matter of fact, we uh, we took a month off. We've been ready to go back and get them on Tuesday. Um, we have uh, 25 young black men from the age of 14 to 19, and um, basically we teach them media literacy. And media literacy has two parts. 
the first part of it is to teach them what media is, who owns it, and what its purpose is. And the second part is once you understand how the media works and operates, it becomes your responsibility to create your own media that reflects your personal style and your uh, moral systems, you know? So if, uh, like most of the young men we talk to, we ask them, uh, are the images that are being projected out there by the media representative of how they are and how they live? And dominantly the answer is no. So then uh, we charge, we give them the tools and give them the skills to use those media tools and social networking to then tell their own stories and tell the stories of the people around them that actually reflect the truth about who they are. Negative stereotypes is to give a person the tools to tell their own story. Like, you see that? That's not me. My name is so-and-so, this is who I am. This is how I live and what I do. Absolutely, absolutely. That's part of our objectives and part of our mission statement here at YMP Media. That's what we do, you know. Um, we need more of that. There's definitely a movement going on now to consolidate the black media and tell our own story because it's been getting told and the picture been getting painted a certain way for way too long. Mm-hmm. And we definitely, definitely um, don't have no problem with um, linking with One Hood as we're doing today and expand on that and take it all the way to the top, for sure. Oh, definitely, um, for sure. And I'm glad that you mentioned, you know, Seven Continents before, too, because uh, I just wanted to say that, um, you know, a lot of what I'm saying is, like, really United States of America focused, but hip-hop around the world is really being used in a much better way and much of the way that the founders founded it to be represented. And you'll find that a lot of people on different continents other than America are really, really the keepers of the culture, and they really practice the elements and the ways that the founders intended them to be, a voice of the young to unify all people, to stand for freedom, justice, and equality for everyone, regardless of their faith, regardless of their skin color, you know what I'm saying, regardless of their sexual preference. You know, that's what hip-hop was created for, a unifying force in this planet. That's that's the real, real, real force, and that's the real aim and the real objectives. And as we can see, being that it's been commercialized, and a lot of people take the bait. You know, if you have a group of people running around just talking about they woke up in a new Bugatti and they pushing that lifestyle, and they making it, that's what's up, and they saying you got to jump through these hoops to get into this culture, to get into this. Oh, man. A lot of people now with great minds are saying, okay, well, you can package that and sell that. That's not hip-hop. And as you said, other places in the world, they utilize the culture more to raise the quality of life, to heal their people for freedom, for justice, for equality. That's their mainstream where that has become now are underground. Um, in yeah. order to change that tide, I see people 
you know, in the industry coming together. A lot of the conscious MCs are now coming together, and they building about that. And they see the only way to to kill the the the, the death hop, the degradation hop, the hop. The only way to do that is to usher in with the real. So, um, you being hands on and right there with that movement, can you speak about? You know, the wise intelligence, the Jasiri X's, the NY Oils, the Professor Griffs, you know, coming together. Some of the founding fathers coming together to implement that movement and rescue our babies from this madness out here in this uh, shit house. Oh, yeah, there's a lot of uh, great things happening right here. Chuck B did an incredible tour this summer. You know, God Hop, you know, he did the... um, you know, the God's of Rap tour where he had uh, X-Clan and Poor Righteous Teachers rolling with him. You know, and right now, um, Elder Harry Belafonte is uh, in the beginning stages of organizing hip-hop to uh, fight against child incarceration. And uh, right now, there's, uh, you know, Jusiri X is working with the brother, the elder, to organize it. And uh, they have a lot of interesting names at the table already, including David Banner, Ninth Wonder, Moni Love, uh, Rhapsody, Chuck D, Dead Press, um, Taliquilly and Most Death, um, Dave Chappelle, Jamie Foxx. You know, so it's really, really a lot of powerful um, heads, uh, uh, Immortal Technique, um, Rebel Diaz, you know, all at the table already and already uh, vibing with the elder. W Fresh is at the table. Q-Tip is there. So it's like a lot of star power is going to go into it. But Elder Belafonte is going to teach the hip-hop generation, you know, the the things that he learned from Paul Robeson about how you're supposed to use your money and how you're supposed to use your fame and your celebrity to uplift your people and to make a difference in the lives of the people, the strugglers who you come from. Hmm. Yes. Now, let's mm-hmm. think about that because um, that's another strong movement that um, I really, really this on the radar and we have our post on that I see it's a divide. You know, um, rest in power to the great Trayvon um, and all the people that fell before him and been victim to this crazy society, this system. Definitely, definitely. You know, may they all rest in power. Now, dealing with that, now... It's definitely the separation going on right now where it's the who's who. Um, a lot of people I see out west that was a part of the changing of the tide of hip-hop and came in and brought a whole different vibration to the scene. Um, I see a lot of the um, them brothers working together to cleanse up, you know, some of the damage that they have done. Um you know, speaking of people like Ice Cube, Dr. Dre, um, some of them brothers that, you know, did a lot of damage, now you see them coming out with a different positive thing. Um, I want to speak about the vibrations. Um, I know you talked earlier about the African drum, um, the metaphysical essence of the hip-hop and of the music. You know, uh, we tell a lot of brothers, turn that beat down. They get caught up in that hypnotic and they not even listening to the lyrics. And if you listen to some of these lyrics, mm-hmm. you're like, whoa. 
So I see a lot of people being more responsible now because people is getting called out now. They like, hold up, man, wait a minute. You went way too far. You know what I'm saying? Now, if you're going to continue to, um, if you're not part of the solution, you're definitely part of the problem. So you're going to continue down mm-hmm. that path. We're not supporting that. So I want you to speak about that. Um, do you see some of your peers coming forward and, um, you know, seeing the bigger picture? Like, you know what, I don't want to be a part of that because I see a lot of brothers not being scared no more. they like, you know what, yeah. Because the industry is changing now, you know. No more is there like the, the, the deep pocket record labels going around dropping big deals on people. And they never really did that much anywhere. If you look, it was only a few people that got the big deals. Most of them dudes are claiming all that rich and all that. They're just as broke as anything. And now they're being exposed like the emperor's new clothes. You know what I'm saying? And, you know, people not, you know, once upon a time, you had to be about that life. You couldn't just talk about that life. You know, and now it, that time is coming back around where you see people like Trip Ross getting called out by the real GDs. You know what I'm saying? By the real gangsters and saying, hold up, man. You're going too far with this. You know, making all this money off us, but you ain't about it like we are. You know what I'm saying? All of a sudden, you're starting to really see a lot of these rappers, you know, get arrested and get life in jail. And people say, like, look, man, this ain't no joke. There's two sides to that gangster story. So every time somebody tell a hard gangster story and somebody else is the victim, and 90% of the times they're victimizing us because their masters don't even let them victimize white people when they rhyme. That's why they're always talking about what they're going to do to us. And you know, they wind up being one of the, the, the best soldiers for the Ku Klux Klan. And they, like, like they hate us more than they do. You know, listen to rap, man. You know, people getting tired of hearing these rappers talk about how much money they got and, and all this. Now they running up on these rappers and digging in their pockets, taking them chains off them, and digging in their pockets and taking that money. You know, people growing tired of it. You know, it. It don't really, you know, for every story to be a gangster story or a sex story or a drug story. Come on, man, that's unrealistic. We need to balance it out. You know, I'm not saying that, you know, adults should be able adults should be able to listen to whatever music they choose to. You know, but the children are being exposed to this music and it's affecting their culture. And art affects culture and culture affects life, you know. And we need to reverse it and balance it out so that for every time you hear a Chief Keith, you hear, you know, maybe Chief Rock a Busy B or something. You know what I'm saying? Balance it out. You know, every time you have a you have a role for old music, too. Look at, we listen to hip-hop now. The only thing they put on the radio is the new stuff because they don't care about our music or our culture. All they care about is money. And we have to change that because that's not what hip-hop was about. That might be what the rap industrial complex is, as Rosa Clemente calls it, you know, the rap industrial complex. But hip-hop belongs to the people. It belongs to you. It's not just for you to sit there and cheer for somebody else to rap. It's for you to rap yourself, you to dance yourself, you to experience the wonderful um, culture of hip-hop for yourself, not just as a consumer or a Hmm. Now, to your knowledge, does hip-hop have an official board that controls the commerce 
or was it created and given free will to do whatever with? Hip hop was created by God, and God gave free will. Hmm. Now, with that free will, do you feel like some of the legends, some of the pioneers, um, some of the great minds involved with the creation of it will build institutions, will build universities to tell the truth, you know, across the world and leave legacies why they still alive here on the face of the earth and don't let, allow anyone else to tell their story and tell the truth? Well, I can't speak for everyone, but there are pockets of pioneers and legends that are doing the very thing you suggest. You got, you know, Debbie Fresh is still active in his community in Harlem, and, you know, he even has a restaurant there. You know, Grandmaster Cass does the Hush Tours, where he takes you on a hip-hop tour of Harlem in the Bronx, and he shows you what was done, where it was done, and who did it from the mouth of the legend himself. You know what I'm saying? And, uh, of course, Africa Bambada and the mighty Zulu Nation, the universal Zulu Nation right now, they're working to build a uh, a foundation in the Bronx that is, all, that is a community center and also a hip-hop museum that will be exactly what you suggest, a teaching and learning solution where, you know, intergenerational hip-hop minds come together to learn, to break bread, and to, you know, to, to practice the elements right there. Yes. Now, as the great minds come together and unity rises, do you feel as though the spending power will be more centered on things such as land, such as communication, like having our own satellites to broadcast whatever we want. If we want to listen to positive hip-hop 24-7, higher infinite power healing our people, then we can have a channel for that 24-7. Do you feel as though um, something like that is going to be implemented sometime in the future? I sure hope so. You know, uh, now, you know, the Zulu Nation is restructured and uh, part of the new way for you to have your own Zulu chapter or charter, you have to now own a building and start a foundation in your community for these purposes. So uh, that entrepreneurship is definitely an element of hip-hop, too, that, you know, is under underdone. It's like, you know, America taught black people that uh, we were a democracy, but they didn't teach us about capitalism, you know, and I'm kind of glad we don't really practice capitalism like them because unbridled capitalism is part of what the problem is here, you know, because capitalism means that uh, you got to exploit somebody else in order to make yours, and we got to come with a better way than that, you know. Indeed. You know, we well, build, unify without exploitation. That's That's important. One one's people's success should never be another people's demise, ever. That's I agree with that. You know, I'll tell you, you know, if everybody's happy, no crime has been committed. Indeed. Totally agree with that. Now with talks on the rise, um and you definitely keep your ears to the streets and um a lot of the youth definitely look up to the great paradise, the architect. Um, oh, and I look up to them. 
your nephew Kendrick Lamar buzzing right now, man. He he buzzing, OG. Um, speak speak about that energy with some of today's youth when um you get around them and in their atmosphere and vice versa. Speak about some of that wisdom. Uh, just incredible, you know. I, I respect Kendrick and what he did. You know, not just the 16 bars, but his whole entire movement, his whole album, and the way he thinks and the way he moves is is wonderful. You know, you don't have to copy what everybody else is doing. You know, you don't have to just because you come from Compton, you don't have to try to fall into that. Yeah, I was a gangster role. You know, da 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 da. You know, he. The brilliance of Kendrick Lamar, he kept it real. You know, he was a good kid who lived in a bad city, you know, and he just told the stories about what he saw from his perspective without glorifying anything, you know. Because if you really know real gangsters, if you know real tough dudes, they don't glorify what they had to do. You know what I'm saying? Most of them regret what they had to do, you know. And if they had another way of doing it, they probably would in hindsight, do it differently. But, you know, America loves sex, drugs, and rock and roll. America was founded on violence and thievery and, you know, an Indian given. You know, Indian giver wasn't an Indian. An Indian giver was a person who made a treaty with an Indian and they didn't follow through with the treaty. So America is the Indian giver, you know? You know, so there's a lot of situations like that. These things are not new. You know, like I said, everything is rooted in history, you know, and history is his story. We have to change that and really look into what's going on and and talk realness. You know, we just had the 50th anniversary of Martin Luther King's March on Washington. That March on Washington was a march on Washington for jobs and justice. Not just civil rights. It was a march for jobs and justice. And during that march, Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. and the civil rights leaders were asking for the minimum wage to be raised to two dollars and fifty cents, which is today's equivalent of fifteen dollars an hour. Think about that. Mm. You know, mm. but if you don't, if you don't tell the story and you let somebody else control the narrative. You, you know, you get lost in mysterious stuff. You know, the dream speech, the so-called I have a dream speech that Martin Luther King gave, it wasn't no I have a dream speech at all. You know, I challenge everybody who hears my voice to go on the Internet and Google the whole speech and read the speech and listen to the whole entire speech before he got to the I have a dream part. Hmm. Yeah, I like to see that. Um, Professor Griff had issued out another challenge before. It's done lasted like four years. Um, now here come another one right here. I like to see somebody come and prove that. I, I don't see it. I already see what you're getting at. I don't see that. Um, now dealing with the culture and seeing that hip hop has surpassed. All music on the face of the earth as far as sales, um, production, all of that. Um, once again, as, as far as the spending power go, um, can you see us employing our own selves? You know, like when we build institutions, like I feel it's a brother going around by the name of Dr. Umar Johnson. 
And I feel as though that a lot of people that's wealthy or, you know, uh, have just money, donates or something like that. This brother trying to build a Marcus Garvey school. You know, he's a clinical psychologist for our youth, you know. And um, he, he definitely was part of uh, exposing the Board of Education and the psychological warfare that's on our children today. Um, do you feel mm-hmm. as though more organizations would be funded by the unity and just the spending power, man? It's a lot of millionaires that made several yeah, we're have to. You know what I'm saying? We're going to have to. But in order, you know, we're going to have to trust each other to do it. That means we're going to have to, you know, stand firm, too. You know, a lot of people get a lot of support, and then they flip it and do, you know, something wrong with it, too. But we're going to have to get past those things, continue to identify people who are on the street, like the brother you just mentioned who was doing the work, and we're going to have to support it. You know, Jaseya X talks about boycotting a whole lot. You know, everybody talk about what they boycotting, but who is supporting X-Clan now and Public Enemy and the Tribe Called Quest and, you know, Jasini X and Wise Intelligent and Immortal Technique and, you know, people who are making this new incredible music now. You know, Nairobi Sela, you know, who's supporting all these wonderful artists? That's what we have to do. We have to get off our wallet and we have to support the artists who are making music that we do want to hear rather than spend so much time complaining about the trick rosses and little brains. <laughs> Word. Peace to Nairobi Salah. Definitely. Peace to the sister Sarak. You know what I mean? The hot movement. Yeah. Word. Yeah. They my sisters right there. Empresses, goddesses, too, we see you. You on the radar. We see you. We coming. You see the yes, ship coming down. We bringing you. We, yes, we, we, we recognize them. Yes, we see them and we recognize. And we got to figure out how we're going to let help them eat. You know, because that's part of the problem. Young people, they're they so focused on money, they can't see nothing else. But if you really look, you have been bamboozled and hoodwinked. Conscious music been making more money than that, that nigga hop for the longest now. You know what I'm saying? That nigga hop ain't selling like the miseducation of Lauren Hill, like the Fugees, like Public Enemy did. Like, come on, please. And Motor Technique is selling out shows everywhere he go around the world. Let's go. Let's go. Oh, he's on my radar so heavy. Matter of fact, I have not even reached out to Immortal Technique, but yet, man, they the, the, the company, YMP, Media Network would tell you, I, they said, who you want on your show? Man, Mortal was in the top three. I said, man, I got to sit down with him. I got to sit down with Paradise Gray. I got to sit down with Jasiri X. I got to sit down with Griff. Like, that's, man, people like y'all and these sisters, they have to, they have, they have to be on the forefront. You know, I mean, it's to the point now where I'm reaching out to other media outlets, and I'm telling them, like, look, Listen to this sister right here. Listen to what this sister talking about. Like, this is what needs to be on right now. I'm talking that's to people right. overseas. You know what I mean? As we stated overseas, just because that's not mainstream over here, I'm telling them, listen to the Ruby Salah. Listen to Sarah. Now, listen to this. This is Diamond that's over right. there. You know what I'm saying? Right, it's Diamond right. over there. They, they respect the culture. They have knowledge of self. Why these people running around here? I'd rather pop a Bali. Yeah, okay. 
You go do that. Mm-hmm. You go do that. You know what I mean? It's time to elevate, OG. You already know. Man. Mm-hmm. Now, as that's far what as they that want you to do. They want you to pop a molly. You know what I'm saying? They want you to drop a bullet in your brain. Because they make money off us coming and going. Oh, absolutely. Young people popping off at the mouth. I definitely want to speak about that, how, you know, portions of what they call hip-hop has been actually a lifestyle. It's been actually a culture that they have took and manipulated and pushed it upon people. Like, it's certain things you have to do in order to even be recruited, to even come into the fold. So... You know, a lot of them illusions have to be torn down. Um, a mm-hmm. lot of our sisters out there, a lot of our children, our babies, they chasing false illusions. And I'm just glad. I give all respect and praise. I'm, I appreciate you taking the time out and put your energy into the positive aspect. And I would like for you definitely to get amongst your peers, um, Definitely um, a mortal technique. Um, when I see somebody like him, I hear you, OG. You're breaking a little bit. Oh, okay, sorry. Okay. Oh, all right, you was breaking it up a little bit. We we live and direct. It's bigger than hip hop. YMP Radio. We got the architect on the line. Pretty soon I'm going to open the lines. If you tuned in on the Internet, we on the World Wide Web, YMP Magazine.
Brooklyn, Queens, the Bronx, Staten, and Manhattan. You are listening to BashaniRadio.com. New York City, always talking about everything. everything. everything.